Thank you to everyone that has tuned into 52 Weeks of Hustle thus far and has made it such a huge success. Crazy to think we're nearing the end of season two. In addition, thank you for all the kind words and support of the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. I hope it can continue to be beneficial as you push to be elite. General Sports Worldwide has continued to pick up steam in both the search and recruiting space, as well as the overall consulting space, which consists of sales and leadership training. We are only continuing to grow as we've just acquired the Clubhouse, an industry-leading job board, mentorship platform, mental health platform, and an extensive training portal. Please let us know if we can ever be of assistance and be sure to fill out a profile on the Clubhouse. Be sure to follow on 52weeksofhustle.com as well as Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry, and I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, or for those that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals to talk about their career growth what it takes to be successful, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your everyday. Without further ado, our guest this week. Many people grow up playing sports, and it's inevitable that they're going to end up doing something in sports. Our next guest not only just grew up playing sports, but also grew up selling, so his career path hit on both ends. I'm excited to have our next guest, Nick Foro, Senior Vice President for the Seattle Kraken. Nick, welcome to the show. Travis, thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate the time. Nick, thank you for your time. Very excited to have you on the podcast. I know you're going to have a ton of advice for the listeners. So let's jump right into it. You grew up in Ohio. You go on to play football at Youngstown State University. And so obviously sports was a big part of your life, but also selling and selling specifically on eBay. So walk us through that process and what helped you get that itch for selling? Oh, man. You know, I was an early adopter on eBay in high school and just always, always enjoyed selling whether it was used bikes or used electronics and just enjoy transacting with people, which is super random, but it's, it's definitely been in my blood um, from, from day one. And I think what led me to ultimately long, long-term go to business school and, you know, learn, learn business development and marketing and how, how the engine works. So I look at it back in the days cause I actually can't get into eBay now because I haven't sold in so many years, but yeah, <laughs> it is where it all started. Well, you, you talk about being an early adopter and a lot of times, you know, that's some, some great advice for the listeners, right? Is we want to talk about people being innovative in this business and kind of the first to first to the market. Like what's your advice for listeners on being innovative? You know, I think you've got to, you've got to look at trends that are happening, not just in sports, but just in, in business in general. And you don't have to be an expert or have a PhD in them, but just understanding the foundation and mechanics of how they work. And we're, we're blessed in this, this day and age, the internet, you can, you can pull things up in in seconds and do some quick research and be dangerous enough to have those conversations. And so I think just understanding the landscape, what's changing is, is really key to, to staying a cut above. Looking back to your eBay days, what would you say was the most interesting thing you ever sold? <laughs> um this is this is going to date both of us, um, but I used to have a CD burner, so it was a it was a yeah. double sided CD burner where basically you could take your best friend's CD collection, buy blanks, and make your own copy. Napster and, and LimeWire, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I, I bought one of those from Best Buy, 
and after a while, um, just saw that the market was was pretty strong. So ended up flipping it and making making some money. And I'm sure I used someone else's burner at that time. <laughs> yeah. Too. Well, that's probably like j- just general advice. Like even nowadays, if you just search on eBay, people will buy everything and anything. So for listeners out there, just take anything in your house. You can probably flip it for some sort of money and be shocked by it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, so Nick, now playing, you know, playing football in college is certainly no small feat either. And so as you think back to your time there, what are some key learnings you still apply to your day that you've learned from being a collegiate athlete? That's a great question. So I think first thing is, you know, I, I made a big bet on myself because I was a, I was a decent high school football player. I was all Ohio as a junior and I had a ton of momentum going my way. And then I actually broke my leg going into my senior season and didn't play it down, which was pretty devastating at that. And that point was like life changing because football was football was who I was. It was my identity at that point. So I had a decision to make, um, had some scholarship offers from some smaller schools that I could have, could have got some money and, and went ahead and still played football, got a great education, or I could go walk on and play football at Youngstown state, which looking back, I wasn't, I wasn't talented enough to play consistently. And, and so I wasn't great, but, um, you know, lettered for three years, played a lot of special teams and, really what I was able to learn one is the discipline of, of being a college athlete Yeah. Um, not only being able to handle your studies and handle them well and get, get good grades, but then going to practice and working on your craft. A lot of that probably is right into the business world. And I see right. when you interview younger candidates into their first job, okay, what did they do going to school is the baseline right. in our industry. Well, what did you do above and beyond that internships, yep. Did you have a job? And it's incredible to hear some of the stories now of a lot of a lot of students who are juniors and seniors having jobs, internships, paying for their, you know, financing their own school. And I love those stories. So for me, that discipline was was certainly key. And as I got into interviews at that level, you know, they they certainly helped me from a competitive standpoint, but that discipline doesn't really ever stop. And so you can do that to to this day. Well, you know, so you originally wanted to be a physical therapist, then you shifted to marketing and you're ready to graduate. You decide, hey, you know, sports is what you want to do. And so you go out, you have several interviews and opportunities, and you ultimately land all the way across the country in Phoenix with the Suns. Why was that the right opportunity for you? So for me, I was really lucky to have some great mentors at that time. And so one of them, um, gentlemen, we both know Bob Civic, who has been in the Cleveland area with, you know, with the Cavs and Browns. And I actually played football with him at Youngstown. He was quite a bit older than me, but was able to do some informational interviews when he was the inside sales manager of the Cleveland Cavaliers back in 2005 and just learn, okay, what is, what is selling in sports? Like, what is it? What is it? Because, what I would say the great thing about podcasts like this and now all the information that's available is you're really bridging that gap of educating people on how do you get into this industry and how you be successful. When we first started, that wasn't there. Yep. To find somebody that worked in sports. Right. Unheard of. Page, yeah, it wasn't there. So, you know, I was able to, you know, get with Bob and he was gracious enough to give back and lay it all out for me. 
here's what it is to sell in sports. Here's what it is to be successful. And here's what to look for in those organizations you want to work for. And so one of those keys was that inside sales program and what, how are they going to invest in you from a training and resources standpoint? And then those leaders, where have they been and, and what's their coaching tree? Like who have they developed? And so Phoenix, we were, we were just really fortunate to just have a stable of managers who had so much knowledge and we were lucky at that time. The team was really good. So it was this perfect storm of going into the program, the leadership, and it was, it was a lot of fun. A lot of, a lot of special friendships still to this day. Yeah, no, absolutely. Great, great group you had out there. And as you think about even going back and making that move, What's your advice to listeners on willing to take that risk and be willing to move out of their comfort zone? You know, we hear this a lot of times right now of, I want to stay close proximity, but it's more about the opportunity that's, that's even more important. So what's your advice to listeners on that? Yeah, it's, you've got to go where that leadership and that program and the people are. And so for me, I look back and it was, it was pretty wild. I was in a unique situation. So I got engaged when I was a senior in college. So I was, you know, I was 22 years old, senior college. I was engaged at the time and got the offer from Phoenix. And it was a quick decision. Like, all right, I'm in, let's, let's giddy up. And looking back, I mean, you've been there as well. It was $15 an hour, no benefits and no promise outside of that first year. Right. So the biggest piece of advice is like, go bet on yourself and, you know, do the vetting and be smart, make, make a wise decision and, you know, talk to people who've gone through that program or worked in that company. But I was all in, I was, I was all in. And it was really pretty special, um, special time because, you know, I was engaged in my, my now wife of 15 years, she was involved in that and uh, little personal story you know, she, she was actually talking to her, someone in her family who, you know, was vetting out what is working in sports. Cause it was super foreign to them. And they had asked her like, okay, so what's your plan B? And she's like, there isn't one. There is no plan B. We're, we're, we're going, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're cutting the ties. The ship's going out to sea. And, and, you know, that's been, that's been 15, 16 years now. And you just, you got to go and just yep. take a risk. I tell younger folks who are looking at jobs in our industry, don't look at the team. Like if I wanted to work for a team that I loved, you know, I'd be in Cleveland right now. And yep. we're in that area, like go look for the people and get that experience and, and just go all in. Yep. And the opportunities are endless. And, you know, you mentioned with the Suns, obviously a lot of great talent. Many have been guests on this podcast and you certainly made a name for yourself quickly. Move up the ranks with the organization. You spent over six years with the team. And during your time with the Suns, you launch into leadership and become the director of sales. And so certainly a lot of learning curves in this business in general, and certainly your first opportunity in the leadership. So what is something you wish you would have known then and that you could have implemented during your first leadership opportunity? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I made I made a lot of mistakes, especially in the in those first the first few years. So I had I had sold that inside sales. I was literally the last in my class to get promoted, and it wasn't because I wasn't good. It was just based on timing and opportunities. Yep. And then I became an AE and sold there for a year. I knew early on when I stepped into Phoenix. Okay, I want to manage people. I want to be an inside sales manager. So I just kind of put myself in that mind frame. 
when I got promoted, which was fairly quick, two years in to lead that team, the one thing I didn't calculate for and just wasn't prepped for is I needed to find my leadership style and it had to be authentic to myself and genuine to myself because I was trying to be my bosses yeah. and, and, you know, be exactly who they were. And while I, be, I, I believe you learn a lot of good from your bosses, especially working with a good company, there's also some things you learn on the opposite side, right? What, what's not working. And so I just tried to be my bosses too much and it felt awkward and people, especially this generation coming up, they want that authentic connection, you know, to yep. as person to person. And I missed that for, I'd say a year or two until I figured out, okay, this isn't working. The basis of basics of managing people from caring about them first and investing in them and, you know, coaching them as individuals, not coaching Travis the same way you coach Nick. Right. You no, know, all those things aligned. I had to be myself. And so being, being me and not trying to be Jeff Ionello, Mike Toman, Drew Cloud, John Walker was, was paramount to learning. And it's helped me to this day, you know, be, be successful. Yeah, no, great advice. And, you know, Nick, your next stop is in Major League Baseball at the New York Yankees, and you arrived just a few years after they opened their brand new ballpark. And so how was that transition for you from the NBA to the MLB? I get asked this question a lot now that I've kind of worked in all four, four major leagues. Yep. A lot of people ask, you know, how is it different? Um, is it different? And my answer always is the foundations of, of running the business are the same. I believe yep. getting great people, putting them in a position to win, giving them resources and then generating revenue, servicing clients, et cetera. Like all that basics are the same. The, you know, the calendar for selling marketing. Yes. Those are a little bit different. Some are shorter, some are longer, but I try to keep it simple and, you know, keep, keep the foundations similar. And I found that to be true so far. Absolutely. And, you know, after a few seasons there with the Yankees, you head down to Florida with the Miami Dolphins and into the NFL. Now you're kind of the third organization. And so as you think back of, you know, you mentioned people and you, you made the move to, to New York, then you made the move to Miami. Like what, what made you go into those decisions of making those moves? Yeah. So when, when I looked at the, the Miami opportunity, it, it certainly started with people. And that leadership change that was there, starting with Tom Garfinkel as the CEO and then Jeremy Walls, um, who's a close friend, it started with them. And then taking a step back, looking at the story that we were really hoping we could tell, which was basically the bottom of all NFL teams in revenue, renewal, call it every metric that you had, a very old stadium that needed, needed quite a bit of love. And we were hoping to tell a great story, you know, not knowing what was going to happen on the field. And so, um, you know, looking at that, that uh, leadership, what's the story that's going to be told. And then last but not least having an owner who's going to say, okay, here's the, here's the resources, training funds, whatever, whatever it takes, let's go. All those things aligned. And that was, that's what really made, made me take the move to South Florida. Well, you talk about the resources, you go through a renovation there, which turns into Hard Rock Stadium and you help grow ticket sales from 56 million to 100 million. And you certainly didn't have a ton of wins to help you. So what do you feel like you and the team did on a consistent basis to still have success, regardless of team performance? 
there's a few things that come to my mind. That was a really special time because in this industry, as you know, revenue typically follows wins. And we didn't have that. We, in, in that time period, we literally won 50% of our games throughout that time. So it was, it was just a really special you know, opportunity to get a great group of people, which our leadership team at that point uh, was, was probably the best I've ever worked with on, on the ticket sales side and um, still very close to that group to this day. And then aligning with the vision of, okay, what are we here to do? And building out a staff at, at one point, sales, service, ops combined, we we're almost a hundred people. So it was, it was quite an army. And yeah. then building the culture first of like, okay, who do we want to be as a sales and service culture so we can attract that talent, grow people, you know, into new positions and the revenue in renewals came. Yep. And so that was, it was a really special time. Uh, the, the, the stadium came out beautiful and just to be able to do that without wins on the field was pretty, was pretty tremendous. And one of the most things I'm proud of from a career standpoint. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Nick Foro, Senior Vice President for the Seattle Kraken. And, you know, so Nick, after spending three years in ticketing for the Dolphins and really growing that business, you transitioned to sponsorship. And so why was that the right move for you? I believe if you work for the right leaders, that they will put you in positions to grow and learn more. And that's, that's the position that we were in. So we were, we, we were in Miami. We made a massive investment in, in that ticket sales department. The results followed, and we were in a really, really great spot from a results uh, standpoint. Um, my bosses came to me and said, hey, you know, we're looking for a leader of activation on the sponsorship side, and this may be a great opportunity for you to learn that, that side of the business. Yeah. And as you know, there's not a lot of crossover in leadership between the ticket sales group and sponsorship all the time. Right? right. And so to be able to take that opportunity, get really uncomfortable and, you know, learn a different side of the business and basically start from square one was, was really fun and, you know, really helped me think, act and make decisions, you know, how I do today. And so it was, you know, leaders, leaders kind of seeing that that was a great opportunity for me was key. 
Yeah. And certainly an opportunity to get more well-rounded because you know, you're right. Like you see some sellers getting into sponsorship rarely as leaders into to sponsorship from ticketing. And so certainly become well-rounded. And so as listeners are out there now thinking about potentially getting into that sponsorship space or vice versa, sponsors into the ticketing space, leaders or team members, what would you say are some key similarities and maybe some key differences to think about? The similarities that, that come to my mind are the business development side and having conversations are very similar. You know, who you're talking to from an individual who's looking to buy season tickets to a company looking to buy season tickets or a brand looking to invest in a partnership. I think there's different conversations, different questioning that you're using, but when it comes back to the similarities, communicating value back needs to happen on both sides of that business. So company investing into a suite, they're on, you know, as soon as, as soon as, you know, they come to that first game or first event, they're on, they're in renewal period. That's how I look at it. Right. Even if it's a five-year Starts deal right from the get-go, you're on the clock. Same with a partnership, um, which are typically a little bit longer terms, but, you know, communicating value back is really something that you need to look at from both sides. You know, the differences I think are, you know, a little bit of the, the scope and, and size from the partnership size deals, typically longer and, and more revenue, but from a basic standpoint, a lot of similarities. And so, you know, the, the sponsorship, uh, the folks who are really great at, at business development on that side and then ticket sales, I think should talk more in our industry. And I think there should be some more collaboration, but um, you know, similarities, pretty close differences, not too far apart. Not, not too many. No, no difference than what you said about going from NBA to MLB, MLB to NFL, and, and we'll get to the NHL days as well. But, you know, Nick, one of the things that, that I always thought was very impressive, not only just all your numbers, but during your time in Miami, you went back and received your MBA in business administration from the University of Michigan. So why was that important to you? And how do you feel like that has continued to help you evolve? When I looked at, you know, I was 12 years into my career, you know, kind of at that kind of at a good, you know, point where it's time to reflect and looking ahead on what I want to do long-term, you know, to run an organization on the business side, um, started to study, okay, so who, who are some of the CEOs and presidents of teams now? Um, and then take it a layer deeper. Who are the ones that I respect and think are really good. And as I, as I looked at that landscape and, and researched, and then also had a lot of conversations with, RCO at the time, Tom Garfinkel, a lot of these, a lot of these folks, you know, went and pushed themselves above and beyond, you know, the undergrad, undergrad component. And, and so made a huge investment myself, wanted to get wider, wanted to get outside of sports and learn, okay, how are, how are public companies financed? How are they traded? And, you know, who are these other folks that, you know, are going to come to a program like this and develop those relationships. And so, Went and, and did Michigan's executive MBA program and was just a life-changing opportunity and, um, you know, a way I can invest in myself and really grow and, and push myself. And it was, it was fantastic. Tough at the time. And I think to do it, because not a lot of folks do in our industry, all the stars have to align. Like for right. me, my wife understanding the commitment, work understanding the commitment, and then also me, me being able to, you know, make it happen to do it well was, was key. Well, that was the next thing that, that I'd love to discuss is, you know, you think about going back to school, it's already kind of a daunting, you know, task in general, but 
from an efficiency and effectiveness standpoint, you know, sales is non-traditional hours. So it's not like, oh, I had this nine to five job and then I could go do this. So like, how did you maintain kind of that efficiency and effectiveness throughout? So the one was before I even started, went up for my first class, because I would go up to Ann Arbor once a month. I'd fly in on Thursday night from Fort Lauderdale up to Ann Arbor, have class all day Friday, all day Saturday, fly back and get back to Miami, you know, basically at midnight on Sunday. And then we'd have games. Right. The season. So one was, I actually wrote a commitment letter to my bosses at the Dolphins. Like, here's what this is going to look like. And to them, it really shouldn't look any different. I'm, I'm producing at work. I'm hustling. I'm focused. Yep. But there's going to be this other life that I have. And yep. just be aware of it. So I wrote a commitment letter, which was important. I actually reviewed that with the managers who reported to me as well. Cause I wanted them to understand like, Hey, I, I maybe need to be more efficient while I'm here at the office, but here's kind of what's going on in my life. And yep. So you're being very transparent and vulnerable for everybody. Totally. And so the communication was key. And then back to my family and wife, um, you know, to, for them to understand, okay, once the kids go down, I'm probably going to be up till midnight, you know, on, on group calls, you know, between those times that I went up for residencies. So being able to understand and run your schedule so your schedule doesn't run you, yep, I think is paramount. And that still stands even when you're out of school. Right. So no matter what's coming. No matter what. Right now, I'm helping coach my kids' baseball team. Okay. So I'm leaving the office a little bit earlier. So what does that look like for this week? And how am I making sure I get everything done that I need to? Yep. Doesn't stop. Nice. Nice. Well, very impressive. And you know, so Nick, after five years or five plus years in Miami, you received the opportunity to go work with Elevate Sports Ventures, as well as the brand new Seattle Kraken of the NHL, which you're still at. And you're once again, moving your family you know, across the country. And you know, at this point in time, you've been all over the place, right? Yeah. What intrigued you about that opportunity? You know, what I would say is for, for me at that, you know, I have three kids, you know, I got twin 11 year old boys and a nine year old daughter. And so at that time, they were a few years younger. And as my wife and I were having discussions, the, the sports industry can be tough. Like moving takes a toll. And my wife is, she is amazing and has put up with a lot over the years. <laughs> and having those discussions on where we want to raise our family, you know, was, came up and was key. And, you know, Al and the Elevate group were just getting started. I got a call from them. And you always take the call. Yep. No matter... I, up until I interviewed, I had never even been to Seattle, never even close. I think maybe Cal, Northern California or, or even Colorado was the closest. So Close to it, yep. start, start having conversations with, with that group. And I think what's special about having great bosses is when you work for a good company, your current bosses, they support that growth. Like if there's another opportunity... Right. You always can tell a company culture when you talk to somebody they're like, yeah, I haven't told my bosses yet. It's right. like, okay, I see, I see what's I know happening what. Yep. versus, Hey, Travis, I have this opportunity. I want to get your thoughts. I want to have the conversation and interview. What do you think? You know, they're not going to hold you back. Exactly. And so I was able to do that with, with Jeremy and Tom in Miami and they totally supported me looking into that. And so met with the elevate group and just saw their vision, right? There's, there's, you know, fantastic equity partners who've got a vision to compete in that space 
in Seattle and in the old key arena, now climate pledge arena and launching the Kraken was kind of their coming out project. Yeah. First marquee project. They needed a leader. And so just to continue to dive in and it's been a great ride so far. No, it's, it's certainly a fun ride to hear all about. And, you know, in addition to Elevate Sports Ventures, you also joined forces with the Oakview Group. Is, and you think about those two groups as a whole, some key industry leaders of, of part of those organizations. And so what do you feel like some of the top executives that you come across just bring to the table each and every day? What I've learned, because I've worked for some of the best, I would say, in, in my career, you know, Rick Welts, when I was early Phoenix days, yep. didn't, didn't have a personal relationship just based on where I was, but I watched him and how he navigated going to Tom and Stephen Ross in Miami and was much deeper in a relationship with there and just seeing how they ran those operations. Then you come and you got a guy like Al with elevating the 49ers and seeing how he operates. And now Tim and Todd. Like super fortunate just to be able to see all these all these leaders and what they do. With all of them, they're they are givers and they serve. Yep. Like that's that's a foundational piece to it. You know, when we when we, when I came up here to Seattle and just learning about the city and the history, you know, Tim and Todd, they just they just want to give back. Like they don't look at this as all right, where, where's our EBIT at? We want to make money that's obviously important, but what leads that is let's get back to this community and this arena and this team should be a, a trust, a community yep. trust. And we're just stewards of this. Right. And everything else will come together. Yes. And so most people are so focused on the bottom line and they struggle with that part versus these, these groups that I've um, had access to and built relationships with, they do that first. They care about their people first and everything follows. And I think with a lot of your folks that you've had on podcasts, that would be even similar at that level. And so it's, it's special to watch and, yeah. and learn from. No, absolutely. Well, Nick, as, at your time at Seattle there with the Kraken, you're launching not only a new team, but also a new building and, and certainly an exciting time. As you think back to those, those, some of those meetings, what sticks out as maybe one of the cooler meetings or experiences being a part of you know, a team launch and a, a new, new stadium? I think there is um, – our board meetings are pretty special here in, in Seattle because of all the, all the owners that have, that have come and wanted to be a part of this and just seeing it all come together has been really, really great. So when I was in Miami, Stephen Ross owned, you know, a, the massive portion of the team, it was, you know, barely a single owner ownership group there. And then here we've got over 30 owners and most of them, we're actually local here to the Pacific Northwest or Seattle market. And so you get this group of, of owners together and you see, you know, what they want this to become. That's been really special. And then there's obviously been a lot of work on the back end launching the team in this arena, but then that opening night for the Kraken. Yeah. You know, it was, it was pretty emotional to yeah. see probably the first time I ever cried, you know, and it had some tears at an event because yeah. of all the work that went into came together. Yeah, like even when I started here, we weren't even awarded the team yet. It was literally 15 of us in the office, and we were literally called NHL Seattle. We didn't have a name. Right, it was, right. Um, it, was, it was some early days. So to see it come through, and now we're just getting started. And, you know, future is super bright here with Seattle. I think um, 
you know, the NBA will hopefully be coming back and yeah. the fold here. So the future is bright and it's really exciting to be, to be here. And certainly once in a, once in a lifetime experience, you know, and now you've had an amazing career of going through a renovation, now going through a brand new build and team launch. So certainly something exciting and, you know, Nick, in addition to all of that on a work end, you, you've mentioned several times, you're obviously, you know, a family man and, and something I've also admired you is you're willing to give back, not only just being on this podcast and providing advice, but, you know, you're currently an adjunct professor at, at Seattle University. And I assume that's with all the extra time you have on your hands, um, exactly. which is, you know, which is crazy to think in general. But, you know, I guess from your end, Nick, like, what do you enjoy most about giving back and being a professor? So, it's, it's, it's a cool collaboration with the sports teams here in Seattle and Seattle University. And we've actually created a, a sports MBA program focused on diversity. And so it's, we're in the infancy stages. Um, right now is, is really the second class that's, that's coming through. And a good friend of both of ours, Dr. Sutton, yep. is consulting for this group as they really want to make this a prominent program. And so uh, through talking to Dr. Sutton, I, I told him really early pandemic, hey, if I can be involved, I want to help out. Like that's, yep. I was in that setting for two years at Michigan. I have a ton of respect for it and I'd love to be a part and give back. And so they started a revenue and sports class and was able to, you know, really focus on building that syllabus out and okay, how, how should I teach this? And again, going back to just getting wider and learning new skills, teaching. Um, it's, it's, it sounds much easier when it's an, just a, you know, it's a sales team or it's a service team or biz dev team. But then when you, you've got to put yourself in these students shoes and okay, what do they know? What don't they know? Yep. What do I want them to get? It's, it's been an awesome challenge. And so we kick off here in a few weeks and it's going to be pretty intense. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll fall up here in a few months. That's, that's awesome. Well, we'll certainly appreciate that. And, and you, know, you talk about being efficient and effective. You're certainly going to have to continue to do that. But Nick, you've had a great career, certainly a fun journey. As you think back to all your time, what's been your best memory? I'd have to say oh, opening this building here and launching launching this team. So that that night one has probably been the most emotional and and I think appreciative yep. that I've been. In, in my career so far. And um, a lot of that has to do with the people you do it with. Yep. And, and that goes back to, okay, what kind of company culture do I want to work within? And, and we're just super fortunate here. We, re we really are. And so that was, that was an emotional one. I'm hoping, you know, at some point there's another one that eclipses that, but that's been it so far. No, that's awesome. Well, Nick, been great. Great to hear advice from someone that's worked and led with teams in, in kind of the big four, you know, power four sports teams. Certainly appreciate your time and expertise. And to close it out, I'd like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready Ooh, for this? Okay. Yeah. What reality TV show would you love to be on? My wife and I years ago got really big in the million dollar listing. Okay. And so that's always been one that we like, we follow to this day. I think they're 10 years plus in um, and just seeing the houses and going, I guess, going back to transactions and selling. I've always loved that show. So that'd be, that'd be one that, that I'd love to be a part of. Nice. If you had to delete all but three apps from your phone, which ones are you keeping? That's a great question. I might have to cheat here. Um, <laughs> email count. Yep. That's an app. 
So I'd go, I'd go text, email, and then I'll go. Uh, this is from left field. Shut eye. It's my, it's my, it's my sleep app that okay. uh, helps me get some good sleep at night. So are you sponsored by them? Is that why you're? Th- <laughs> this is not a. This is not a sponsor. No, but not uh, a sponsor plug. I may have to call them and see if they'll sponsor this episode. There we go. There we go. So those would be the three, I think. Nice. Nick, if you had to make one call to someone for advice, who are you calling? I've got a lot of great mentors I stay in touch with. Um, but I'd say one right now who I've had to call and ask for advice. And um, I think that's a key to success here. A gentleman named Dave McClurg, who I met way back in my Phoenix days for 15 years uh, he's an entrepreneur, super successful, and just has always taken on, you know, he's always cared about me and we always stayed in touch and similar walks of life, married with kids and, and, uh, similar beliefs. And so, you know, there's been times where I've had to call him and him being out of sports, because I think, I think you should have mentors in and out him being yeah. out has been just awesome. So different perspectives. Uh, absolutely. And I think, uh, getting the outside of sports bubble perspective is key. So I would say, I would say Dave would be one that I'm going to call today. Great. To close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? I'd say number one, bet on yourself and bet big, because if you don't do it, no one's, no one else is going to do it for you. And so, you know, whether that's moving across the country for a job or getting, you know, getting a degree, whatever it may be, Bet on yourself because this is a short life. It's a wisp. And I think the last thing you and I both would agree on is being 80 years old and wishing you would have done something. Yep. So that'd be number one. Number two would be so many folks in our industry are worried about what's next. Like, okay, what's the next job, promotion, the next team, but like taking care of your business and getting as much exposure to the rest of the, the rest of the business and how it's run, I think is key. So, you know, when you're, when you're in a ticket sales department, you're really focused with that group and that's where your relationships come. But I think most people miss the boat, getting to know the marketing department, understanding what's important to them, build those relationships. What is, what is marketing and sports look like finance, talk to finance. A lot of, a lot of folks, you know, are scared of the finance team. Go, go take them for coffee and learn about the PL of the team. I used right. to do that in Miami once a month is sit down with that group and just ask some questions. And you, you can get a sports MBA without even going to school. If you right. have the right relationships and get wide, but don't just stick within your department and just be in that silo. Yep. And then last but not least, I would say, you know, whatever your cups are, whether that's, you know, for me, it would be, you know, personal life and, and family and relationships. And then my second one would be career make sure they're both full because I think, I think there's a lot of one trick ponies out there who go all in on career. And if that other cup's not full, like you're, you're not going to be satisfied vice versa. Right. You go all in and just focus personally and, and career is important to you, but you don't invest in yourself. You know, you can find yourself not being satisfied as well. And I just right. I'm a big proponent that life is short and, you know, make sure you're continuing to learn and fill, fill both of those cups, career and personal and success will come. 
This has been awesome, Nick. Certainly, you know, couldn't agree more, right? Betting on yourself. And, and, and I love your analogy, whether it's be moving across the country or going back to school or just making the next call or appointment, you know, getting exposed to different areas of the business. That's a, the beauty and the uniqueness of, of being in an organization that's not thousands of people and, yeah. uh, you know, full cups. I, I couldn't agree more. And so, Nick, thank you so much. You've had a great career. Always a pleasure talking to you. I certainly appreciate your time, expertise, and our friendship. Travis, thank you, man. You have a great day. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week.